Round four. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Just for Chirps. I'm Anthony Colosuno alongside Chevy Blackburn. Chevy, no set today. He's on vacation in California, and I think he might have the goat with him. Dude, he definitely took him with him. He loves that goat. He just doesn't want to admit it. That's what it is. Yeah. He just does not yeah. want to admit he yeah. loves that goat. <laughs> Probably running down the beach in California together, <laughs> sipping some drinks, you know, just living the good life. That's about it. I'm going to leave for vacation soon as well. But first, let's get into today's episode. We got local NBA and NFL news. We'll start out with the local stuff. And the great thing about the sports world is sports fans always find information. It's just a guarantee. And jazz fans think they have found Donovan Mitchell's burner account. And Chevy, you originally found this. There's some interesting slash some very funny stuff here. Yeah, there's, I mean, like, there's definitely posts that makes it seem like it, but it could also just be a really big Donovan Mitchell fan. The one thing that a lot of people are pointing to is, and I'll get the image and I'll probably put it in like one of our posts or something for this episode, but it was somebody, him responding, or the account responding to someone and saying, if only you knew what level I played at. And like, that's yeah. the biggest thing. Like I was like, Oh wow. Okay. So maybe, <laughs> maybe because all the other stuff just seemed like a huge Mitchell fan. Yeah. But it is ironic that it kind of follows the Mets, the Cowboys and just Donovan because those are exactly. the, like those are Donovan's favorite teams too. Yeah, there's the Mets yeah. for baseball, Cowboys for football. So it is pretty interesting. I think it's, I I don't really think it's his account. It could be. I just think it's, you know, jazz fans holding on to something a little bit too long, and I am one. But I don't, I don't know. I just kind of moved on from that. Very very interesting. Didn't like Kevin Durant have a burner account a couple years back as well? Oh yeah, I'm sure he still has a couple. I yeah, think it's to yeah. a point where he's like, you know, people saw my burner. Might as well yeah. just use my main account and just troll people. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's pretty funny, all the screenshots you had. and Yeah, dude, know. people had tons of screenshots. I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, if it wasn't him, why would they delete his account? And then, like, I yeah. don't know. It's just funny to me. I'm just, it was good comedy while I was at work on twitter (laughs) because that's when i was i sent it to you guys i was like look at look at the document of some of the stuff i found on twitter today it was crazy you can just hilarious fine you can find almost anything on twitter now and it was just it's so funny now moving into nba first little discussion point las vegas and seattle are front runners for nba expansion teams and Seattle going to bring back the Supersonics, maybe? They should. Honestly, like, they should bring back the team that was there in the first place. Yeah. And then I really don't know where Vegas would go with, like, a team name. Honestly, like, what would you think as a Vegas native? 
Um, oh, that's tough. I would say like the aces, but the aces are already there. You know, the aces are in the WNBA. I would say I don't want to go like off of basics, but like maybe like rattlesnakes. I don't know. Like, I think I'd be, like, something, like, animal-wise, or they'll find something to probably, you know... Is there, like... Bring back, like, casino-wise, like... Is there... Some sort of casino term. Is there a team named, like, Coyotes already? In Vegas, no. I think that could be... And not in the NBA. I think that could be a pretty good good name. Pretty good name. Yeah. Yeah. The Vegas Coyotes... Yeah. Dude, just imagine them naming the team Vegas High Rollers or something. I would not be surprised. I think that would be a pretty good name, too. Yeah. But it's like, that's going to be a hard name to live up to. Exactly. It's going to be a really hard name. But, you know, when the uh, Knights got their name, it wasn't the Las Vegas Golden Knights. It was the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm -hmm. And people are like, okay. Yeah, they're like, you know, you are okay. So you call the team the Vegas Golden Knights when only really people that say the word Vegas are locals. Like, oh, I'm from Vegas. Mm -hmm. When people on vacation, they're saying, I'm going to Las Vegas. So it definitely did get some backlash at first, but we're accustomed to weird names. We're probably, you know, the when the A's come here, it's probably the Las Vegas Athletics. So. You know, Vegas is accustomed to weird names a little bit. The only one that makes sense out of the professional sports teams right now is basically the Aces. Yeah, the Aces for sure. Golden Knights is kind of... I, I Like, the Golden makes the name a little bit more connected. Yeah, yeah. The Raiders well, are just I the think, Raiders. I mean, Yeah, the Raiders are just the Raiders. But I think the Golden Knights got their name from their, their owner who was, I think, a part of the Army, or is a huge, huge supporter of the Army, and wanted to name his team the Golden Knights, but actually got into a trademark uh, lawsuit with University of Army. Because they use... Well, no... Mm, <laughs> yes. Because I think... Well, no, I think it was just the Army in general, because I think within the Army, one of their parachuter divisions is called the Golden Knights. Mm. Because would, the University Army sense. usually uses the name the Black Knights for their athletic program. So, yeah. So, he got in trouble and they had to reach an agreement because the team was almost not named the Golden Knights because of it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know then. Maybe they'll just go with something completely off the cuff, nothing related to Vegas. Maybe they will. I'm not sure, honestly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to, interesting to see. I and. I hope Seattle comes back. That would the, be. They have to be the Supersonics. We need. We they need have the Supersonics to be. back. They have to be. But at the same point in time, Seattle's on, you know, a little bit smaller market. Granted, you know, the NHL is now in Seattle. That helps out a lot. But mm-hmm. could the NBA survive up there once again? It'll be tough. I mean, the fans just have to rally, kind of how they did in Sacramento. Because remember when Sacramento, it was right around when Shaq was getting into the ownership group. They were thinking about moving them up to Seattle because of the market. But then the fans really showed out. 
and then Shaq came in and like, uh, who's their main owner? I forget their main owner, but he he just wanted to keep him there, and they've done a good job. So maybe it can be something similar for Seattle. Get your yeah. fans involved. Make sure. I mean, they were when like they were talking about moving the team to OKC and everything too, but that was OKC's money was just a lot, a lot bigger. Yeah, and the it was time, a lot bigger. I'm not really sure how the market will go. I mean, small markets can last. I mean, look at the Kings, the Jazz. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The Bucks. But within those teams, you have to get that fan base right yeah, away. You, also, have to have you, that. you know, Seattle was successful, but you got you got to get that fan base. You got to keep your arena up to date. That and make was sure the that thing. It's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. not too cost effective and uh, putting your team in the negatives. You know, because in I believe the documentary we're watching is that it was just nowhere up to standards like the arena they were using before they yeah. moved to OKC, right? Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that now, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All valid points and all things that Seattle should just kind of know now because they kind of had a – they've already had the situation happen, so they know – they should know how to keep it yeah. team there after losing one. Yeah, but you know, whatever ownership, yeah, whatever ownership group comes into Seattle and basically let you know, let's say that you know, they expand to Seattle. Whatever ownership group comes in to own team, they have to look back at the mistakes of the of, you know, the ownership group of the old Seattle Supersonics, you know. And they have to look at it and say, "Okay, we cannot do this again. You know, we can't run it that way." You know, if this happens again, where you know, say they get the team, and then 15 years down the line, the team is on the verge of moving, that's just sad. That is literally you blew it twice. You know, with a professional team. Yeah, I just don't see how you could do it twice. You should be able to learn from that first time, like we were talking about. But also moves and stuff. We have Kemba Walker, and you brought this up. I saw it earlier. I was just like, "Yeah, okay." But I mean, Kemba Walker to AS Monaco. I feel like he's still a league player, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't I think it's. I don't know why you know, he's out. I think it's just a lot of he's had a couple of injuries, and I think teams yeah, that's are true. You know, if you're a player who has a lot of injuries and you're past that thirty year old mark especially you're kind a of an old man especially a guard yeah, especially a they guard. wear down faster yeah and you might say oh same things with Derek Rose but Derek Rose knows where he's at now you know I don't think this is an ego thing with Kemba but I think he wanted kind of more money and realizing he wasn't getting in the NBA so he's going to go play overseas for a, you know probably a lot less but I feel like Kemba feels like he could still be a starting guard in the league and not become that rotational guy. Kind of like how Derek Rose is, you know, Rose has realized, Hey, I'm only going to be able to play 10 minutes a night and my leg might give out halfway through the season, but I'm still going to be, you know, in the NBA doing that role. And I think, you know, I think that's role Kemba should maybe apply with as well, but yeah, AS Monaco, actually defeated Wemby's uh, Metropolitan's uh, 92 for the French League title this past year. Ooh, so he's going to a pretty 
good team then. He's going to a pretty good team then. Yeah, yeah. From from what it looks like, he's going to a pretty good team. And the one thing I will say, I always think it's cool. I know NBA players don't want to do that because they have obviously had careers in the NBA, like DeMarcus Cousins, people like that, right? Yeah, yeah. But it helps the game develop a lot, honestly. Like, you have young players, like, I mean, like Wimby, for example, overseas, just playing pro, and that's kind of how they, that's kind of their college. And when exactly. they when they get experience against former NBA players, it just kind of polish polishes them even more. And then even yeah. some teams will have like their star or up and coming star go to a team that has a veteran NBA player who's somebody who's been around just with experience, even overseas, because it helps them so much. Definitely, yeah. And also, I think you know. If there was betting for the French first league, I think AS Monaco just totally improved. Oh yeah, their odds. Oh, I'm sure it jumped a lot because Kemba is oh, still yeah. he can still get you buckets. It's just when he's healthy. Oh yeah, when he's healthy. Yeah, it's a lot of just you know when he's healthy and depends how long he lasts. And you know, but good for Kemba though. A lot of NBA players at this point would just would have retired, but he wants to keep on playing basketball. And you don't see, you know, unless you see NBA players that totally just flake out of the league, go to Europe, but you don't see a name like Kemba Walker going to Europe, especially with the career he's had in the NBA. And at times he was, you know, in the past was the top five, top 10 guard in the league. It's crazy to think, because I'm looking at it right now, his stats, right? 2020-2021, he was averaging 20 points a game. It was, that was only yeah. two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's tough. It's just when – this is something Caden talked about too when we were uh, going over most of the, like, the draft stuff is how fast guards start to wear yeah. down when they mm-hmm. hit that age. You can see Kemba like, decline quite a bit. In 2021-2022, he played 37 games for New York, 11 points, 3 rebounds, 3.5 assists. 2022-2023, I feel, I'm not sure exactly, we'll have to see. I feel like he was released, but he played 9 games for Dallas, 8 points, 1.8 rebounds, 2.1 assists. So he took like a huge drop. It was mainly after he left Charlotte, really. Like, yeah. Oh, the Boston yeah. years yeah. weren't the best. I mean, it was... It's, it's tough, though. Come, didn't he go to Boston after the Kyrie trade, right? Didn't yeah, Kyrie so he got went, traded? He came to Boston. They traded for him. It was a sign-and-trade. Uh, yeah. Because Terry Rozier was sent there to Charlotte. Yes, it was Rozier. Um, mm-hmm. Who else was sent? There was maybe Picks. I don't know who else was sent there, though. Someone was sent there as well. I know that. Was Gordon Hayward? A, yeah. No, because I thought Gordon Hayward just signed there. No, right? no, no. Yeah, Gordon Hayward just signed to Boston. From, no, to Charlotte. Uh, oh, to Charlotte? Um, yeah, I yeah, don't know that, if it was a sign and trade. That trade. It could have been. But yeah, I mean, it just shows once players kind of have a few injuries and hit a certain age, especially like smaller guards, if you don't mm-hmm. have that right mindset and just the endless IQ, like 
say someone like Chris Paul, right? It's going right, to be hard yeah. for you to stick around forever. Oh, yeah. Guarantee. Yeah. But we do have someone who is new and should be sticking around for a while. And I feel like, no, that was John Wall. But we're going to be talking about the Rockets Summer League. They won the, is it a playoffs or tournament? What do they call it? I forget exactly. I think it's, it's just a summer league championship, right? Basically, and I know NBA 2K24 was the sponsor of it this year. I think. Oh yeah, that, yep, so, that's right. So basically, the summer league playoffs is just the top four teams mm-hmm. um, duke it out, basically. And yeah, the Rockets won. Cam Whitmore won MVP, and Whitmore was the guy that dropped so much on draft night. And I remember our little friends group chat was texting back and forth, like, "Oh my gosh, he's like." Fall, like he's falling, falling mm-hmm. at such an incredible rate. One MVP and the Rockets looking a little bit bright, but who was the st- who has looked like the steal of the draft so I mean, far? He could be, be based, yeah, based off the summer league. But my jazz bias will say that <laughs> Keontae George would have won. Keontae George. I think the Jazz would have won the summer league and he would have won MVP if he had not sprained his ankle. Yeah. That, he was, there's a reason he played, what, two and a half games and made first team all summer league or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was, he was balling, like just scoring, dishing out assists, needs, needs to work on defense, but that was known coming in. And I feel like yeah. once he fills out his frame a little bit, that will come, come along throughout his career. But I feel like, in my opinion, he's the steal of the draft at 16. Right out of the lottery. Just just after it. <laughs> what do you think, though? Do you think Sad. it would be Cam Whitmore? Because I could definitely, like, it's a strong case. Like, dude, he was, what, 25th or 6th pick? I forget when the Rockets took him. It was, like, mid-20s. Yeah. So. I think he could definitely be it as well. Honestly, I would have to say Cam Dante George did amazing, and I'm not even a Jazz fan. I'm a Bulls fan. Our second-round pick still has, from last time I checked, our second-round pick still has not signed with us, <laughs> by the way. Um, or maybe he has. I don't know. I really do not. Honestly, AK should just blown it up on draft night. I would be way much more for that. Um... <laughs> Keontae George is definitely out there. I would say Anthony Black had a good, couple of good performances. Um, Marcus Sasser scored oh, 40 points. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And won the game. So there is a lot. Also, there you know, are some concerns just because Sasser is a guard that will he get enough playing time behind Kate Cunningham and, uh, I, and uh, was it Julie, Julian Ivey? Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey. Um, yeah. You know, so there is a lot of those concerns for him. Um, I would say at the moment, probably I'll agree with you, Chevy. I think it'll be Keontae George um, being the steal of the draft. But granted, it's a long, long away before we can even probably determine the steal of the draft. It's probably another three years down the line. Oh, yeah, no, this but is hey, based off Summer League. Yeah. Just specifically yeah, what we've seen yeah. in their yeah. like eight games each player has played. 
Exactly. Exactly. But hey, you never know what's going to happen. Deals of the draft usually are developed, you know, three years down the line when, you know, all the NBA nerds come together and do a redraft and see who would fit where. And those are always fun to read and watch. That is all for our NBA talk. Now, moving to NFL. And oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. The Washington Commanders are finally free of Dan Snyder. The new ownership group has been officially approved. Um, the NBA approved, I mean, not the NBA, NFL. Oh my goodness. The NFL approved that sale, I believe it was yesterday. It yeah, it was yesterday it. that it went um, through. Yeah, for $6.05 billion, the most expensive sale um, in the 21st century of sports. It topped an American ownership group buying the Premier League side Chelsea. I believe that was around about $5 billion. So this is definitely high, high roller stakes here. And the ownership group has come out and said, hey, we might change the name of the team in the future. We may not, um, which I think that would be a lot. I think that might be needed with this team. I don't think the commanders are really the best team name fit. I'd agree. I think that they should go away with it. But I believe it was the president. I forget his name. It was uh, on the Pat McAfee show when the sale was first coming out and stuff like that, uh, their main goal will be to like basically build a team that the fans can like actually enjoy. And from yeah. there, that's when you can actually start to work on the brand again, because once you have a exactly. team that people like to watch, that is fun to watch. And obviously once they get a new stadium, like just a lot of pieces that need to go before yeah. that, that name because that's just going to be another big money thing even though they have a lot of big money things that they need to take care of aside from the name yeah like fixing their stadium that's yeah (laughs) uh human feces basically on fans um in the lower bowl section (laughs) i remember seeing that video and yeah but i like how this new ownership is kind of going in with the the name the purpose of if you build it, they will come. You know, they want to build that team mm-hmm. where, hey, let's sell merchandise. Let's earn merchandise all this. Hey, let's sell, let's draft or sign players that maybe are fan favorites, but also that could benefit the team. I like that kind of style. And of course, the cancer known as Dan Snyder is out of the NFL. But the NFL said, no, 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 no. Your exit fee for all your dang investigations you put us through is a good old chunk of $60 million. I think that was perfect. I like how they just did it right. Like, all right, you're no longer an owner. You can't just say, no, I'm not going to pay or stuff like that. You have no more say in our league meetings. So here's your $60 million fine. (laughs) It's just, yeah. I mean, to him, I mean, look at how much he sold it for, right? That's pocket change at this point, but it's pocket change. Yeah. Like, I just like how the NFL went about it because they were, I know they were trying to find him while he was still the owner and he was just, yeah, no, like it was just not going to happen. No, he so. was adamant it was not going to happen. And 
Like he also threatened to sue the NFL if they did an investigation while he was, you know, still in charge and during the season. Granted, the NFL did it anyway. They don't give a crap. But um, we'll see how this goes because also lying in the weights, I think John Gruden is either I think he's suing the NFL or suing Snyder for the leaked emails. Isn't uh, it like for collusion or something like that? Back. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um speaking of collusion, have you heard the takes that some running backs think that NFL owners might have some collusion going on with their market? I've seen a little bit. I've seen a little bit of how running backs are trying to find their worth in the league. I've seen Twitter and you know, guys like Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry have came out and said, "Look, we want to get paid. We want to, you know, back up the Brinks truck in front of our house and get that payday. Mm-hmm. And one big advocate and has been for a few years now is Eckler. And I like what he said. He's like, uh, this wasn't necessarily what he said on Twitter. I believe it was on a podcast or something like that, but there should not be a number three wide receiver making more than a number one running back. And I, I do agree. Like I understand I the game is totally air raid. Yeah. But when you have somebody like Austin Eckler making less than some team's third wide receivers, it's mm-hmm. a little it's a little weird, but Yeah. But also it's you know, and it's sad to say, but with NFL running backs, it's kinda like when you have that uh you know championship uh horse that you raced. Mm-hmm. You know? After year after year, okay, that horse gets older. Okay, we can't race anymore, so let's now make it just a workhorse on the farm. And then once it's down and whittled, you know, they, you know, sadly take it behind and, you know, and the rest is history. But, and that's how NFL running backs are for the five, six years of their career. Oh, we're, you know, we're going to run you, have fun, you're going to get paid. And all of a sudden, and they are, you know, say they get drafted at 22, 23 years old. Now they're 29. Oh, sorry, we're going to go draft a running back in the second round to replace you now. We're not going to re-sign you. And now, you know, this player could be, a, it could have had, you know, three 1,000-plus yard rushing seasons, and now they're getting paid $3 million per year to be maybe a RB1. Maybe, so yeah, it's just, exactly. It, it's crazy by the time they're 30 years old that unless they're a name like Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs or anything like I mean, that. Even like thinking about it, though, going back, I know what you're going to like your point, but even Todd mm-hmm. Gurley, like he was. Yeah, Todd Gurley. Back. Once he hit 30, yeah. it was just no one cared. Yeah. He went to Atlanta yeah. for one year and that was it. He was done, basically. Yeah, like it, it seems like with running backs – you know, because in sports, when you get over that age of 30, kind of like how we mentioned with Kemba, you're kind of signaled as the old man in NFL. Terms, yeah, you're, right? you're especially in the NFL and yeah, running like, backs, especially like particularly. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, you know, you're 30 years old. You're the old man. You you know, owners are trying to put you basically in the retirement home slash not basically not resign you. That's basically the retirement home, you know, and it's crazy to think think that you know running backs are still not getting paid and you know there's gonna be more college running backs 
coming out year and year, year, year after year. So why not draft one of those when my star running back is 30 years old? That means I don't have to sign them. I don't need to pay them. And I can draft this young running back in the third round and pay him, what, below a million for the first three years of his NFL career? I mean, yeah, and exactly. And then maybe re-sign him for six, seven million per year. And then once he turns 30, if he's still producing at a good rate, which is rare in the NFL, I can re-sign him for three to four. Or I could let him walk and he can sign with a team and be a backup for the rest of his career, for the rest of his NFL career. So yep. it's just crazy seeing this. And I'm glad running backs are finally standing up for it because a lot of NFL fans like, you know, me and you, Chevy, we're, we're seeing this right now. And, you know, it's finally getting that attention because I, you know, I remember, you know, Matt Forte for the Bears. Once he reached like 33 years old, he was producing at a decent rate. The Bears said, guess what? Bye-bye. You're 33, 34 years old. We don't want you. And... Me and that was after like, a long career. Like, that's a long career for yeah, running back there. Like, Matt yeah, Forte had a great yeah. career in Chicago. Oh, as well. a, Especially in Chicago, thinking career. about it. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. cold weather all the time. You know he was just, Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, he was a baller. But, yeah, it was just like that. All of a sudden, he was cut. And I'm like, damn, it's that? And then, yeah, you see names like, you know, Todd Curley. Leonard, Leonard Fournette had, you know some years where he was not even signed in the NFL, you know, so, you know, where, where's Tony Michelle now with Garrett Blount, like all these guys that I remember as being really, really good running backs and they're getting paid below a million when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So like kind of going to that, it's hard. Like these running, they all have great points, but when you go and look at the last, I think it's 10 years, or since 2009, the only running back that has made over 2 million was Marshawn Lynch in 2013 when he was making 7 million. That's crazy. So like you have Pacheco last year, he was making base salary $187,000. 2021, you had Cam Akers making 890,000. Leonard Fournette. Fournette in 2020 making uh, two million. Damien Williams making just over a million for the Chiefs in 2019. The Patriots in 2018 had Sony Michelle at under half a million. <laughs> and like, I mean, the list just keeps going on, but it's just that shows you yeah. the range of championship running backs. Now, I do agree with running backs like Eckler and uh, Christian McCaffrey saying it's a lot easier. For a team to have a star running back, it is very true. But it ha- they haven't had to have a star running back to win the cha- the Super Bowl. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This would be different if, let's say, the running back position was as valuable as the quarterback position. You know, where these guys are getting paid fifteen million per year at the quarterback slot. Yeah, because you look at these names. You know, C.J. Anderson, Ahmad Brashaw on our little list of, you know, Super Bowl leading rushers and their base salary. James Starks, who he had a decent career. I remember James Starks. But, you know, these are not, you know, except Marshawn Lynch and Leonard Fournette. These are not huge, huge names. No, not really. Like, the only one you can kind of put up there with them would be Sony Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Because he was... Pretty sought after when he came out. 
But exactly. I mean, none of them are really big names at all. That's it's it's crazy. Like, so I see both sides, but it's kind of hard when, when the NFL has this type of st- like they can look at this like NFL owners, GMs. When they look at this, it's like, well, damn, do we really need a Christian McCaffrey at fifteen million? Do we really need a Saquon exactly. at like thirteen, mm-hmm. fourteen million? Do we need an Alvin Kamara? When you can draft a running back in the fourth round and pay him, you know, below five hundred thousand. So, yeah, it's definitely a business within the running backs. And right now, we have running backs holding out like Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. And it could be another possible Le'Veon Bell situation for those guys when yeah, Le'Veon Bell especially held out those two. Yeah, those two are yeah. like the they're game changers. Yeah, they're huge. You have the rushing leader last year in Jacobs, and then Barkley was just he made that Giants offense what it was. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, yeah. And, I mean, there's people out there saying, oh, we tried to reset them. They're trying to reset the market. And even, like, Josh Jacobs is like, we're not even trying to reset the market. We're just trying to get paid what we're worth. Exactly. Like, he came out and said, like, we're not even trying to reset the market. So you're dumb, basically. <laughs> you're dumb. Um, I don't know if there will be another running back that gets paid similar to Derek Henry and Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara when that all happened. Because that's when the era of, like, multi-purpose running backs were huge, right? You had, like, David Johnson yeah. got a contract after he had, like, 2,000 yards from scrimmage or close to 3,000 yards mm-hmm. from scrimmage for mm-hmm. the Cardinals. Yeah. The dominoes started to fall, like, oh, these running backs are huge, and they're staying healthy. I mean, for the most part, they're, they've all stayed pretty healthy. I mean, McCaffrey had the one year where he was out. And then Alvin Kamara had missed a couple games here and there, but that's it. For the most part, like, I'm going to be honest, the running backs that have got the big, big checks have stayed fairly healthy for the running, like, for yeah. their position. And I think that's, you know, that's a great point because I think, uh, you know, that's one of the arguing points is that, you know, you brought David Johnson. He was one of the, you know, the, of this generation of new multi purpose backs can run, can catch can block, basically just do everything, had an amazing season for the Cardinals and literally was a fantasy legend for that one season. And literally the next season, it was like the third play of their first drive towards ACL. He's out. And then the next year, just struggled with injuries. And I think he's out of the league now. He's... He was seriously one of the biggest one-hit wonders in the NFL history. Yeah, he was a part of that uh, D-Hop to Arizona trade. Okay. He was sent back. Oh, yes. He yes, was he sent was. to the Texans with a third and a fourth or a fourth and a fifth or something. I still don't know yeah. how the Cardinals pulled that off for D-Hop. I'd like to smack. Uh, who was it at that time? It was uh, who's their, who's their head coach? Uh, it yeah. was... It was- Bill O'Brien. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. There we go. I was trying to think. I was like, Brian something. Wasn't he acting as a GM as well? Yeah, he was doing both. and it, Yeah, he tried to be Belichick, but he can't be. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just... David Johnson's now a free agent as well. Yeah, I mean, and you made a good point there. Because like, I talked about how McCaffrey and Kamara and Henry, like they've all had 
like maybe one year where they were out or like where they were riddled with injuries. But other than that, pretty consistent. You also have David Johnson, who just has a crazy year, right? Just historic. I'm not sure if any running back will touch that in Arizona ever again. But then gets injured and just never returns to form. And that was kind of the same with Todd Gurley when he, because he, he, didn't he get injured? And then that's when, that was the year or two before they traded Goff to Detroit. Yeah, I mean, like, just one injury is crazy, what it can do. Yeah, one injury to an NFL running back, and it can totally just dismantle their whole entire career. Moving on to our next point, there's another new deal slash holdout waiting for one top offensive lineman in the NFL, the Cowboys' Zach Martin, and it was the day that the 99 club for for Madden was releasing their ratings, and Zach Martin is a that 99 club this year. And then he says, you know what? I'm holding out. I want a new deal. He is getting a good amount of money, but wants a little bit more because the Cowboys had to actually take some of his fifth year of his contract and basically break it down and put a lot of it just towards a signing bonus for Zach Martin so they could, at the time, give Dak Prescott more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm... And now he, he's holding out. I'm not sure. I think he'll get they'll get the deal done. The Cowboys have always been good with their offensive line, yeah. especially when you have somebody like Zach Martin who's just a household name and veteran there. Absolutely. Um, one thing I will say, because one of my Gabe is a Cowboys fan. Okay. This is his first time being a 99 overall. Oh, really? The past two seasons, he was a 98, I believe, is what Gabe said. And he would know because right. he plays Madden 24-7. <laughs> he still plays that game, even though it's literally carbon copy paste and hasn't been the same since, what, Madden... 16 or something like that yeah i'm i'm hoping the next one that comes out because they're supposed to do a lot of changes and everything like yada yada whatever they say that every year we'll have to see though um yeah but yeah that's a franchise that yeah better figure it out (laughs) yeah 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 they better figure out i think they have 2026 yeah but at the same I mean, point in time, they're also going to have a lot of guys, you know, looking, going to look for new contracts. Dak's probably going to look for a little more money. Um, CD Lamb's going to be up for a co- big contract, big payday. CD's contract is going to be huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you have so Trayvon Diggs, right? I don't think he's under a huge contract. Okay. I think he's still under his rookie, Micah Parsons. <laughs> That's where your money's going. A lot of that. Uh huh. Micah Parsons well so it you know zach martin could end up the odd man out if he doesn't get a new deal this year and the cowboys could look ahead and be like well i guess we're gonna have to trade you then and it'll it'll definitely be a very nice for zach martin for sure that haul is going to be amazing but right now cd lamb only makes 14 million per year for four years expires 2025 Diggs is making about 6.3. That expires in 2024. 
That's oh, yeah, next, next year. year. Yeah, he's getting paid. So it's going to be very interesting. And they say, I think Zach's deal expires in 2025, 2026. So it could be a very dire situation in Jerry world where they're going to have to decide, all right, who are we keeping? Who are we trading? Because, you know, I bet, you know, if they end up trading Zach Martin, they'll want something for him and not just let him walk. Yeah, I think the Cowboys kind of, it's this is kind of similar to what I'd say, not record-wise and stuff like that, but how, what happened when the Raiders lost Derek Carr with that leg injury. So after Dak got his yeah. leg injury, it kind of threw a wrench into their, like, contending window. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see it unfolding with all these contracts coming up and stuff like that. It's going to be interesting yeah. for the Cowboys in a few years here. They're going to have to go young again, I think. Not full rebuild, because they always will have pieces. I will say that, like, Jerry Jones does a good job having pieces around that team to make sure they're always at least competitive for the play, like, to get into the playoffs, not in the playoffs. I won't say they're competitive in the playoffs, but to get to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean... They're always can... going to be competitive, because also, when you hear the name of Dallas Cowboys, it's a prime year. Uh, premier uh, free agent destination, oh, yeah. or at least a free agent destination for decent players that you can put in the starting roles and they can develop there, or they're known starters, you know, not, you know, top five at their position, top 10 at their position, but definitely like top 15, where mm-hmm. they can be a reliable placeholder until the Cowboys can draft someone or, you know, find an underrated stud and develop that player. Yeah, but they have a lot of decisions to make. And then you also have, we have one more thing, and this is going to be, this is going to be interesting for the Minnesota Vikings right here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, this is what you wrote. He pulled a rugs. I wouldn't say 100% pulled a rugs because that could be a lot worse. Exactly. Yeah. He was going 140. I overstated on that. He was going 140 to 55. So, I mean, what do you do as like the Vikings right now? You just you just drafted this kid. Mm-hmm. It's not even. I mean, OTAs are not OTAs. Are OTAs. OTAs, I think, just ended. Right, complete. They're going to be going into ended. training camp here yes. within the next few weeks. Yes. And you get this news. Like, what do you do? Like Jordan Addison speeding. Like, yeah. I forget, was it the Minnesota, or in, what police station was it? It was in, let me see, it, I believe it was in St. Paul. Yeah, St. Paul, Minnesota, yeah, that's Eden, right. Which is right near Minnesota. It's mm-hmm. literally, the, they call them the Twin Cities for a reason. Yeah, They're yeah, right next there. literally right next to each other. Um, yeah, I kind of overstated pulling a rug, but it's whenever similar. we see... It is. Yeah, right? whenever, whenever we see an instant like this, where... Literally, your a NFL player is almost speeding over 100 miles per hour. Everyone automatically compares it to the Henry Rexit. Luckily, no one was harmed. Mm-hmm. Luckily, police were in the area and they pulled over Addison for going that fast. Um, looking at the ports, there was no alcohol, no intoxication at play. From no, what he was just I. I think he I was thought just... he was just. Being a kid? He was just being a dummy. He was just yeah. being a dummy. Yeah. Literally. So, I mean, that's all good. Hopefully, a situation like this, before you even 
step foot on an NFL field will help you not do it again. Like, you know what I mean? You're not, you haven't played a game in the NFL yet, bro. And you're out here doing stuff like this and you got caught already. So hopefully I'm hoping, especially with what we've seen in the past, that it, it just kind of sets them straight. And also this is definitely going to set them straight. I found in the bottom of the article in Minnesota, drivers who are cited for speeds in excess of 100 miles per hour can have their license revoked for at least six months, depending on a judge ruling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got to... Yeah. So he's going to have to carpool to the stadium or Uber to the stadium. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be, you know, the best, you know, best feeling Ubering to... Uh, the Viking stadium or carpooling with a fellow teammate. I think teammates carpool together all the time, but, um, but yeah, it's going to, you know, I think that's definitely going to demonstrate, but luckily no one was harmed in the incident. Um, but hopefully Addison learns from this and hopefully it doesn't become a, situ- a, a diva situation for Minnesota where this guy is not the best in the locker room. Luckily no reports that so far, but hopefully it just doesn't turn out like that because this guy has a lot of talent. I mean, yeah, they picked him for a reason, and Minnesota's great yeah. at picking wide receivers. Like, yeah, even their history. Even though Diggs, Diggs isn't there anymore, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson right now is easily the best receiver in the National Football League. Yeah. Yep. But I think that'll wrap up this episode. I mean... It is the summer, so there's not much to talk about, unfortunately. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> a bunch of far-fetched takes right now and stuff like that. But we will, within the next few weeks, because right now we'll be taking this weekend off, coming back next yep. week. And then within the next month here, I think we'll be going to one a weeks, so the fans know. That sounds like the plan for us here at Just for Tur- Church. Um, once again, I'm Anthony Colosino alongside Chevy Blackburn as all for today's episode and have a great rest of your day.